Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left, Neil Kulong. Before I jump into the program, I want to give a big shout out to Detroit Lions fan Patrick. Patrick from Benicia. Big up to you, Patrick, and your Lions for getting half a victory today. You got to start somewhere, and a half a victory is where it should start. Also, big up to my boy JD from Detroit. You've got a half a victory today. If you get another tie, you add those two together, you'll get a victory. So starting with a half, it's just baby steps. Big up to all of you out there who are hopping onto the program. Sorry we're joining on a little bit late. We survived this debacle of five quarters of scintillating offensive football Oh, brother. Yes, we did. So if you want to join us live, go to YouTube, do a search for The New Standard. You can join us live. Also, you can check with us on all of our podcast platforms and listen to the show, Google Podcasts, Spotify, any other podcast platform. You will find it. Do a search for The New Standard and Steelers, and you will find the show. Also on the show, uh, a much love to a supporter of the program and sponsor of the program, High Bar Apparel. You can go to highbarapparel.com. Make sure you get some gear, some hats, some hoodies, all the good stuff that they have as stocking stuffers and or gifts for the holiday season. Neil, my man, my mellow, get on the mic because I know you eat jello. How, how, how did you survive? I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember what I titled the show, but it's somewhere around I survived. The Steelers versus the Lions, or no, I think it's the, the title of the show is Steelers versus the Lions. Is this the dumbest game ever or the worst game? How did you survive five quarters of this nonsense? I I tend to project through comedy and sarcasm. Uh, I use those weapons uh, often. I don't know how effective they are, but that was one of the most hilariously ridiculous football games I've ever seen. I'm not exaggerating by saying that. That was an absolute gong show. You, you are not going to see many games as full of errors on both sides and the officiating as we'll see in that game. It, 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 there's no excuse for it. That's a, a burn the film and move on to the next game. If you have any prayer of continuing a season uh, in, in the, the playoffs this year, which after that, I don't think that they do. You you don't have anything to gain from this. It, it's clear and obvious at, uh, from a bigger perspective. What we saw was the transition away from Ben Roethlisberger. Even his physical presence is going to be far harder than what we even thought that it was going to be. And Lance, you and I, we did not have high hopes for for what was going to happen. I can't. It, the part that gets me more than anything is. This is a big reason why I got after uh, Dwayne Haskins as much as I did. I can't stand uh, quarterbacks in particular who piss away golden opportunities. No pun intended with that. Mason Rudolph had the opportunity to make tens of millions of dollars with this start. And that would have happened if he put a good tape, if he put good tape down for this game, the Steelers probably keep him as their starter and are optimistic about it. In reality, they're probably not optimistic at all and they're making him their starter next year and he's a lame duck guy with with nowhere to go but down he had the chance to put something of a contract extension into the ears of of kevin colbert in this game absolutely no chance of that right now he blew almost every big opportunity that was out on the field 
he threw in a bad interception early and never recovered from it. He missed multiple third down opportunities. By the time he did complete simple passes to players in overtime, they're fumbling it all over the field. He didn't have a chance to to take control of the game and to win it on his own. That's what a good quarterback does. Not literally wins the game on his own, but he makes the players around him better. Mason Rudolph didn't make anybody better today at all. He made Ray Ray McLeod seem like an actual NFL player. He didn't make anybody better today. And to me, that's going to be the lasting impression of a game both teams should have won at ample time, ample opportunity to do so throughout the game. Neither one of them did it. That was pathetic. It was an absolutely brutal football game in, in any respect. You know, here's the thing about Mason Rudolph, and this is when it's bad, is that there are two plays for me that I will forever remember Mason Rudolph by. One, that's getting hit in the head by a helmet by Miles Garrett. That's one. Two, no, three plays. Two, him getting knocked out in a football game, getting concussed and getting knocked out in a football game. And three, him skipping a pass in the red zone to a wide open wide receiver. He skipped it. He didn't overshoot him. He skipped it. You know, like a short putt. You know, you can't make a putt if you hit it short. Yep. You can't catch a touchdown pass. <laughs> he, he, he threw it short. He skipped it. Now, it was a if horrible you had, throw from a set position in the pocket. It's not like he was under duress. It's not like he was being put yes. down. <laughs> this is like missing a wide open three in the corner with no one around you. That was that was way easier than a three point shot was. That was way yes, easier it was actually no. It's like a layup. It's, it's more so even, like yeah, a, it's layup. a layup. It's not even a free throw. There's no reason at all he should have missed that. That should have been. Had him wide open. It was the perfect play call. And I'm going to get into this. I Believe me, I'm seeing plenty of you bitch about play calling in that game. I'm not sure what you wanted to do with play calling. When you don't have a quarterback who can throw the ball, there's not a whole lot you can do, okay? They tried to make him into a run game distributor today. And he couldn't even do that consistently. That's how bad Mason Rudolph was in this game. It's not a play calling issue. Not when you lose two offensive linemen during the game. You're running the ball particularly well, I thought, at times. They, they were able to run as they should have been. They were in control of the game until Rudolph turned the ball over. Then his demeanor completely changed. He started forcing everything, and he started doing everything that he can't do playing in the game that he's in. Here's my he, issue, He though. can't win games on, his, on one throw at a time anyway. He's not able to do that. He has to stack things consistently uh, to, to do it well. He never could. He just he didn't put more than than maybe one pass, uh, you know, a, a decent throw in a row with any others. He just never did that. Ali Howard, Species Five Six Eighteen. Welcome from hopping on the program, and thank you everybody for hopping on the program. The weather was terrible. Uh, the weather was absolutely terrible in Pittsburgh. It was a torrential downpour on the north side. Um, it was pretty bad. It was slick. Um, so that could be an excuse for some of the turnovers, some of the drops, whatever. But we're not going to blame it on that. But the weather was bad. Here's my thought about the play calling. And here's one thing I think what the listener is trying to say. Not an individual play call. But when you take a step back and look at the play calls as a, to as a total uh, game, Mason Rudolph throwing the ball 50 times should never happen. Ever. And... When you have Mason played Rudolph five quarters the ball, today, guys, played five quarters, but okay. 50, 50 throws throw for games. Mason and 
Najee has 26 carries. On the one time that Najee is running the ball for four yards a carry, I would have liked to distribute the distribution of the play calls to be a little bit more in the running game, even if that's a backup running back. Because like you said, you could see the confidence go out of his eyes as soon as he turned the football over. And, he that, came and that's out his problem. Him. You can't work around that. Najee, Najee was limited this week. He's hurt. He's got a, a record pace right now of touches going for him, and they need him. They needed him for five quarters today. This The worst thing they could have done today was run Najee through the ground. He would not have been effective in the second half, and he hasn't been the last couple of weeks. They need a quarterback to be able to move the chains, and that means throwing the ball. You have to complete passes. He completed 30 passes. I'm not getting on him about that. They were nowhere down the field. They were running the ball by throwing it. They didn't have any other option today. There, there wasn't anything for them to do. What? How about this? Let's do this. You write up the magic playbook of what would make Mason Rudolph a successful NFL quarterback. You do that. We will go take it to his agent. We'll demand 10% each. He'll go get a $200 million contract and we'll retire. Okay? There's no magic plays. All right? It doesn't work like that. He's not talented enough. That's the problem. You can't draw – plain and simple, Lance, you know how this is. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit, and that's what the Steelers have at the quarterback position today. Yeah, their quarterback do room. Call Zuder plays. What is that? What is that? It, it doesn't make a difference. If, if he can't throw the ball consistently, if he's throwing hospital balls to his primary receiver on third and five, that's not a play call issue. The throw is there. He didn't make it. He didn't make it. The ball, the ball skipped in front of the receiver who went to the ground at the one-yard line despite there not being a, a player within seven yards of him. That's how bad that throw was. Is that a play-calling issue? That's yeah, a that's, touchdown. That's the game. Yeah, and, and and I remember mentioning that. Um, I don't know if Mel is on um, on the program, listen to the program, uh, pick up the mail. And, um, you know, we were talking about that play. Um, I think it was that play in the, in the red zone. And it wasn't the play call. It was the execution of the play call. And, and, and I think that gets lost. And Brothers Jay says it. Uh, the magic playbook. Mason needs to be better mentally after a pick. I feel you, Neil. There's no magic playbook. It's all about execution. The plays could be great. They could be called in the right situation in the right scenario. They have to be executed. And I saw you plenty can't of make... opportunities left out in the field with a bad quarterback today. Plenty of them. Absolutely. Third, Absolutely. third and five Johnson, the touchdown. I had a list of like six of them going. He missed a lot of throws that were open today. They were open. Not a play calling issue. It, it really wasn't. I get that, that people are going to look at the proportion of run to pass and act like that's the entire game. That's a fluid situation, okay? It's third and eight. You have to throw the ball. You get stuck in three third and eights in a row. You probably threw twice as often as you ran. That adds up over the course of the game. You can't look at that final number and say this is how it played out. They dominated the game. They were dominating early. They were moving the ball well. Rudolph threw the interception, which was a, a terrible throw and a terrible decision, and everything fell apart after that. The, the pass into the corner to, to 5'11", James Washington, that should have been picked off. Remember that? Not a play-calling issue. That's Rudolph's decision to throw the ball there. We can go for days on this, and I'll shut up, but it, it's there are bigger problems here than what play they call it when you have a quarterback that, that can't, make plays down the field. He can't consistently complete passes to move the chains to possess the ball and score points. And that's, that's what happened today. Let me briefly ask um, if anybody else is having a, an issue hearing the show, because we can't hear the show while we're doing the show. I know Mel was saying he couldn't hear the show. So if you guys can hear the show, 
uh, please give me a thumbs up in the live chat. Let me jump into this comment from John Pennington. He says, and welcome, John, brand new person on the show. Big up to K Noop as well. Never seen that name. So big up to two, you two guys for, for hopping onto the program. He said, Mason can't skip a ball to a wide open receiver in the NFL and throw high all day without making an adjustment. And he never made the adjustment. And um, Jason Pennington is wide is right on. And thank you, Steelers Wire, for hopping on and letting me know. And Grayson and guys for letting me know that everything sounds fine. Pick up the I think I'm gonna say SJ Steelers fan one. I'm thinking San Jose because I'm from out here. But but normally we have a, a Neil's number, you know, and, and a Lance number to kind of encapsulate the game. Do you still want to give a, a number, Neil, or you wanna you wanna lay off and let me give a number? Because I got a couple of numbers that I can give. I, I don't have numbers. I only have profanity. Those aren't okay. numbers. Let's so wait. I'm going to be literal. We're, we're going to give to, to Neil's nitpick. We're going to we're going to jump into Neil's nitpick before my yeah, I said it. Um, I'm going to give you two numbers. The first number is infinity. And everybody is thinking to myself, what does Lance mean by infinity? Infinity is the number of tackles that Steeler defenders missed in this game. It's to infinity and beyond. And as much as we're killing Mason Rudolph, there is no way in the world that the Detroit Lions should run for 229 yards and they attempt 39 runs for 229 yards for 5.9 yards per carry. And I made a joke that there was probably a popular blogger sitting in the stands counting missed tackles and so I tried to poke the bear a little bit and ask on Twitter if that guy could produce a number of missed tackles in the game. But the number of missed tackles was infinity. Everybody had at least five to six missed tackles. And we can say right now that the loss of it, and I'm saying the loss of it because my expectation is it won't play this season, and the loss of Alulu, you can see that. And now they're going into next week's game. We'll have to wait and see about the status of T.J. Watt's injury. But my number to describe this game on a defensive side of football is infinity. And that's the number of missed tackles by the Steelers' defense, particularly in the running game. My offensive number? Oh, you want to comment on that, Neil? Go ahead. I'll just really quickly add a number. It just came to me. Three. This is going to be the second in uh, – Four seasons, the second time in four seasons, the Steelers have three digits in their record. The last time they did, they didn't go to the playoffs either. So to be honest, this seems to be more of a, what, Lance? What's the word? Harbinger of bad things for the Steelers this season. There's my word. See, if I or my my number, if I don't try, that's what I come up with. <laughs> let me jump on a deep, let me jump on the offensive side of football to you give you a number. Water, let me give you a number on the offensive side of football. 12 the number 12 there is no way in the world in a professional football game that ray ray mcleod should get 12 targets <laughs> like 10 of them in the first quarter alone it was like this is not this is a national football league this isn't gonna end well <laughs> you can't do ray that. ray mcleod should not get 10 touches never ever and he was trying to do dumb stuff on special teams again I mean, there is no way in the world that Ray Ray McLeod should see a football field, let alone get 12 touches. So it's he like the 12. opposite direction of everything that we've said about Ray Ray McLeod. It's actually the opposite of that. 
they're they're going to encourage him. Was that you who texted me that, Lance? His game was yes. so bad last week. They gave him 10 targets on top of his special team stuff. That's oh, Are wow. you kidding me? Wow. Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod. And see, let me let me just let me let me let me just pause for a second and just sh- shift a little bit. Now, I often catch grief on Twitter. And I told you last week, yeah, I said it. I hate Twitter. And one of the reasons I hate Twitter is because, <laughs> and I love Steeler Wire. Harbinger, a forerunner of something. Yes, that Ray Ray McLeod will get a long-term contract and be the Steelers' number one wide receiver. Him and cut. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. No. So, no. so I get a lot of flack on Twitter. I just but but I like to keep it 100. I like to keep it real. I like to keep it honest. We tried to tell you guys before this game, this is not a playoff team. This is not what playoff teams look like. And they showed you. And I'm not trying to be right. In fact, I hope I'm wrong. But they showed us. You are, in some instances, what your record says you are. But they aren't a, they're not a good football team. They are very average. And anytime you regularly score 20 points or fewer, you are going to be in tight ball games. We tried to tell you. If you wanted some extra holiday money, take the six and a half. At that point, when we did the show, I think it was eight and a half. It was eight take and the half, eight yeah. and a half. Yep. Take the eight and a half. When you score 20 points per game, you're not beating anyone by eight points. So if you want some Christmas money, start shopping early. Take the Steelers in the points. Now, if you thought that the Steelers were going to make the playoffs, this was terrible. This type of tie, loss, whatever you want to call it, this does not help in that direction. So my two numbers are Infinity and Ray Ray McLeod getting 12 touches. This was just a bad game all all along and just, I mean, so many different ways. I mean, but when you think about this this game, Neil, I mean, if you're looking at this at a 64,000-foot perspective, does this pretty much just tell you what you what you thought this scene was? Average at best? What this what this game tells me is, and I was the guy who said this is the team that's gonna have a four-game winning streak and two three-game losing streaks this year. We are starting that now. We're we're going to see losing streak number three here or number two coming, and it might go longer than three games. It, it's this team is going to be inconsistent and it, all, all of that by the way was was prefaced by the idea that they have to stay healthy they are not even close to healthy anymore and that's not just ben who they they assume will get back next week they lost kevin dotson they lost trey turner tj watt and joe hayden in this game if you wanted to pick three positions on this team they had no depth that it was your edge rusher who they just traded away by the way they don't have any depth there at all Okay, Taco Charlton is not coming to save the day. All right, not going to happen. Your cornerbacks, they they didn't have any depth in the secondary. They lose Hayden. You, you've got our, our, what's his name? The guy that we traded for, and I'm blanking on his name, Witherspoon. Remember him? Remember when we, we acquired him? That was several weeks ago. We haven't heard from him since. He's going to have to play next week. Okay, edge rusher, nothing. Your cornerbacks, nothing. Your offensive line, nothing. You lost both of your guards in this game. You're looking at it, if if uh, Turner and Dotson are both out, 
you're looking at J.C. Hassenauer and B.J. Finney, who's basically 33-year-old or 30-year-old J.C. Hassenauer uh, starting against the Chargers on the road next week. Have fun. Good, good luck. You know, here, you're, you're not here's, with that. Here's the great thing about doing this show is fans like Brother Jay. I love you, Brother Jay. I have them beating the Chargers next week on primetime. Brother Jay, I had an opportunity to go to that game. My mother lives across the street, so I could literally walk across the street, go to the game, no parking, no nothing. You know where I'm going to be doing this show for you guys. I'm not traveling to go see that team. <laughs> I'm not going to that And here's the thing. It, it, it's, it's fine. At some point in time, when you get to the end of a Hall of Fame Super Bowl or a Hall of Fame career of a Super Bowl champion in Ben Roethlisberger, it, it, it happens like that. I mean, it just happens like that. They're, they're, they're rebuilding. And this was just a really bad game. I mean, this this was a really bad game. And, you know, you know, good for them that the entire division lost. Um, I, I think Cincinnati was on a bye, I believe. So the entire division lost. Cleveland got destroyed. Baker Mayfield, I think, got knocked out of the game. They got beat 45-7. Uh, the Ravens look terrible on Thursday night. So, yes, are they still in the playoff hunt? Absolutely. Does anybody think this is really a legitimate playoff team? No. Um, I think the big question going into, you know, maybe for the next week or two is Ben Roethlisberger. And, and, and I would like to say just as an aside that, you know, even if you are vaccinated, that does not mean, obviously, that you cannot be infected with COVID. And I, I would be remiss. Nobody told you that. You know, nobody told you, you know, that. And I would be remiss to, to to not give my thoughts and prayers out to Ben Roethlisberger and his family, you know, regardless of his money, his wealth, his stature, you know, they're still managing COVID in their household. And so hopefully, you know, he does not have complications. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he did not infect anyone in his household. And, you know, hopefully the Roethlisberger family is getting through this the best that they can. Um, but I think what we see with this football team is that this football team, it just is what it is. It's an average team to below average team where it's going to be in close games every every week. And it's going to be not able to they're not going to be able to make mistakes. Um, and, you know, they just had a comedy of errors, a comedy of mistakes, and this was just one of those games. Now, you know, I'm still on board for 7-10, and 10, uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, if you're looking at this game and you're a coach, right, where, where, where do you go from here, Neil? I mean, what are your coaching points? Are you throwing this tape away? I mean, what are, what are you doing? What are you pointing to in terms of trying to make corrections? If it were me, the I think the main message that I would send is watching this game on tape, this absolute, not that they thought this, but just to, to send the message, this is proof that you cannot show up and beat anybody, okay? You have to play. You have to prepare. You have to do a better job than what you did today because as much as I'm going to rail on Mason Rudolph for, for his lack of, of adding anything of value in this game, there were clearly a lot of individual errors as well. Deontay Johnson 
his post-game comment to uh, the, the media, which I just saw a little bit ago, was something to the effect of, I didn't see the guys behind me. No shit, you're running forward. We know you didn't see them behind you, but you have to know that they're there. You have to protect the ball. There's no excuse for that. Yes. I don't know what Friarmouth is doing. You lower your shoulder, you protect the ball. That's the whole point. What do you think the defender is trying to do? He's trying to hit the ball, and you fumbled it. You gave it to him. Those things can't happen. Um, also, Devin Bush, also, we could and, go for hours on Devin Bush alone. Also, and I'm actually, at the point I, do, I don't think she'd even be out there anymore. Actually, I want to ask you about Devin Bush right now. But, but before that, yeah, let me add uh, one of the errors that Melvin just popped up. You know, how huge was the holding on Dotson for the touchdown? That's a huge play in the game as well, where if they score that touchdown, it's a much different game. You don't settle for a field goal. And, and let's jump into that question about Bush because Mel has the question. What are they going to do about Bush? Because I think it's it it's 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 becoming a major problem. Like when you put Spillane out in passing situations in dime defense, it's a problem. They're alluding to it that it's a problem. What do you I do with Bush? Say, do you just keep playing him and hopefully he gets right? I, I want to point out from the beginning, Lance, and we, we've talked about this on this show many times over the last couple months. I said Devin Bush was not going to be right at least until mid-November, all right? It's mid-November, and he just played his worst game. So we're, we're now on the, the worst side of the equation, okay? At the same time, though, I, I put this up on Twitter. I really wish we had the ability to, to show these things here. But uh, replay of the, the – I think it was the 29-yard touchdown run. Bush has the opportunity to get to the ball carrier. He has the opportunity to, to put him on the ground – and you can clearly see he goes into it and he stops because Joe Schobert, of course, is on his on his back, not making a play. But he's or it was Minka, actually, in this case. Minka was close enough to Bush's legs. Bush stopped and he just kind of let up and fell to the ground. Didn't make the tackle like he should have made it. If he was mentally there, if he felt confident in his knee, he would have gone through the guy. He would have put him on the ground, whether Minka was there or not, because that's what NFL linebackers do. He didn't do it. He's not right. It's not a physical thing. It's a mental thing. Coming back from an ACL tear is not just, you know, do a bunch of leg curls and eventually you'll get back out onto the field. And you'll be able to play again. It's there's far more work that goes into it than that. If you ask anybody, it's mental. It's far more mental than it is physical. Mentally, he needs reps. He needs to see that his knee is okay. He needs to be able to cut off it and he needs to be able to trust his body. My opinion, he's not doing that. And yes, it is absolutely a problem, but I don't know where that line gets drawn. I don't know where they say, I don't want to put him out there anymore. He's a liability to us. We're better off with Robert Spillane. That might make the mental problem even worse if they haven't done that already with everything they've done surrounding Bush. I don't know where he is mentally. I, I've said a bunch on here as well. I don't speculate on that kind of thing. I'm looking at what he is doing on the field, how he is reacting to things on the field. To me, it doesn't look like he has a whole lot of confidence in his lower body. And he's avoiding contact with that. We gave up a touchdown today. It's as clear as day. It's, it's obvious what he did. It, it's definitely a problem for a team that, my God, they could not stop the run for anything for two thirds of the game. They got infinity. it together at the end, but infinity, yes. They got it together in the end, but obviously that was too late. They needed more than 16 points to win today. It's a, a separate problem, but they, they should have been able defensively to pull it off, but it, it was too little too late. And Devin Bush was a big part of that. Oh, I'm looking at I'm looking at the chat. I see uh big up to Vernon Woody. And I asked Vernon Woody because he looks like a big guy in his picture. And I just thought to myself, is he Damian Woody's cousin or something like that, or brother? 
and he happens to be Damian Woody's cousin. So pick up to you, Vernon nice. Woody. How are you? Uh, how are you a Steelers fan? And you're well, you could be a Steelers fan, and your cousin plays for like we even think, what, the Patriots that. and the Jets. We know and why. The Jets or, yeah, well, plays got even more. Of them. They watch the game today. And so I, 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 I agree with you, Neil. I, I think it's absolutely, it's absolutely mental. And I would speculate and say that it's mental. As you describe that play, if you're pulling up, it's mental. You thought about that. It's mental. It's in your head. You're thinking about that. You're thinking about not engaging to stay healthy because you don't trust it. He's, he's so thinking that, that about is, the, the, the mess that's at his feet. And he doesn't want to get yes, tangled exactly. up in that. And he doesn't want and to get tangled see, in a mess. It, again, I really wish I could show the replay here, but I, I have it on Twitter. If anybody is there, if any of you are goodly enough to follow me on Twitter, I'll, I'll retweet it again. You can see it. It's, it's as clear as day that, that he is he's really avoiding what's at his feet. He's trying to get around it, and he doesn't pull the guy down. It's not that he's not trying. It's not that he's a, a jerk or anything like that. He's just not mentally back yet. I was worried about it before. I expected it for the first half of the season. You hoped about now he'd, he'd be able to put it together, but uh, today was absolutely a step in the wrong direction in, in that regard. I, I hope he gets it together. I do, but this is what we'll do. Neil, send it to me, and send it to me on our on our private chat here, and um, or you can post it on the live chat, and then I'll post it on YouTube when you guys go to the show on YouTube. You'll see the link there. You can click to the play. I want to jump into this comment from John Pennington, and it reads, Steelers organization needed a game like this to finally realize you can't dumpster for players and change needs to happen. They need to stop lying to themselves and start the rebuild in earnest. And he's basically saying sexy tanking. Sexy tanking, which has sexy been tanking. what's going on. And, and, people and, and, people and, just and, want and, to take a referendum on a game-to-game basis about it. It is going on. Look at their team. I mean, how many times do we need to say this? They drafted a team that had to be forced into competition this year. We saw that today, unfortunately, in, in, in a lot of bad ways. They're going to have games like this. We, we should have expected this to happen to some degree. And let me send a shout out. What up, though, to my guy Patrick Bostwick from the D as we were watching this debacle for four for five quarters and big up to Patrick from the D with his swift, white, swift Detroit Lions jersey, hardcore Detroit Lions fan. I mean, rooting hard, repping the Lions. Hey, man, if you root for a winless team, you are hardcore. If you root for a winless team and watch them for five quarters, you are hardcore, crazy. All I can say is, what up, doe? Thanks for the love. Thanks for the support, Patrick. Make sure you like and subscribe to the program. That was a hard watch. Um, and big up to Vernon Woody. Being from Pittsburgh, absolutely. Uh, I wonder where uh, – Vernon, you got to put in, in in the chat where you're from in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, I, I'm i from the north side, 15233 Manchester. So big up to you, Pittsburgh guy. <laughs> and Patrick is rooting for one other half point win. So if they tie again, the two ties will equal one win. But this was just really bad. I mean, I, I can't say it any other way, but to say th- this is not where it goes. And it would have been equally bad in a win. But hopefully this is level setting for fans that this is what this team is. Enjoy it. And 
I, I'm going needless to say there's no quarterback controversy. I was cracking up early in the game trying to make a joke about is there a quarterback controversy after Mason Rudolph led the team to a score on the first drive. They run it down the field. There's no quarterback controversy. But the irony is that the quarterback play isn't going to be much better, but at least they won't. the quarterback won't miss a wide-open receiver in the red zone. That miss, and I, and I hate to encapsulate a guy's career into one play, but if there's one play that says everything about Mason Rudolph and why he can't be the quarterback of the future, it's that play. Let me jump into this comment from my cousin Steven Johnson, the CEO of High Bar Apparel. He said, I agree that we are absolutely rebuilding on the fly. If the organization continues to stand behind Mason after performance like this, I'd be astonished. I, I would too. But, but unfortunately, I don't think there's any way anywhere they can go. There's, there's no answer after this because they clearly don't think that uh, Dwayne Haskins is any better because if they did, they he would have played because you can't – I mean, Mason Rudolph is bad. So, so, so it says a lot about how they feel about Haskins. You can't get much worse than Mason Rudolph. He's inconsistent. He's not a heady player. He's inaccurate. And – I mean, at the end of the game, you know, it looked like old Mason, who was scared to move in the pocket as well. He was staying in one spot in the pocket. You know, it, it, it was just bad. And Patrick writes, Lions in Pittsburgh just made a trade. Goof for reindeer and a bag of balls. So bad, both of them. I mean, it's just really bad at the quarterback position. So, Neil, is there anything else that jumps out on you in this game? That was any positives in this game that you can find? No, there weren't any positives. I mean, I I, I like the way they <laughs> rebounded. At the, at the very least, they stopped uh, what was a, a, an incredibly one-dimensional Lions offense, to put it mildly. They finally stopped them from running at will up the middle of the field, um, and they got what six, seven, eight, maybe uh, straight scoreless drives. You, you like to see that? That's good. Um, can we stop for a second and talk about that kick, though? I don't, I don't think this got enough credit. That might be the worst kick I've ever seen at the NFL level. That that ball was not tipped. <laughs> yes. The weather was, you know, it, it, I, I'm not going to get into the difference between torrential downpour and, and somebody else's opinion of it. The weather was not that bad, okay? That kick, that was awful. I mean, NFL kickers do not miss like that very often. It fit this game perfectly. And I even said that before it happened. It's like, you know what? The Lions have a great chance to win this game, but I just feel like something dumb is still left going to happen. And there were like five things that happened actually after that. But that kick was horrible. I mean, it <laughs> that was the Mason Rudolph of kicks. It was just absolutely <laughs> terrible. And uh, beyond that, though, I, I thought Pittsburgh's defense did it locked down um, as it turns out, probably a little bit too late. Um, they, they got bailed out by a missed extra point, as it turns out. But they did enough uh, down the stretch to be able to, to enable an offense that, you know, kind of blew their chances as well it, it, to, to win what was a, a really bad football game. But it, it, I thought defensively they showed Hart um, a, a really, really bad second quarter into third quarter. And then they, they you know, took control of things and, and did their best to win a game. Um, you have to be happy with that to some degree. To call that a positive after you got boat raced for 200-some rushing yards, nothing was 
nothing was overly positive in this game. It was bad. To support some of what you said, they did hold the Lions to four of 18, 22% um, on third down. The Lions only Lions averaged... themselves to a lot of that. <laughs> the Lions Jared, only Jared averaged. Goff. Jared Goff is worse than Mason Rudolph, if that's even possible. Yeah, he's really bad. They 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 averaged 4.5 yards per play. Uh, the Lions, the Lions were forced to nine punts in the game, like Neil's point said. Uh, that Neil said, um, I almost sound like poinsettia. Um, they punted one, two, three, four, five. They punted six of their last seven drives. Uh, so so that was positive there. Here's a here's a number that's pretty astonishing is that the Steelers in this game gave up no sacks and no quarterback hits, and they still only scored 16 points in this game. You know, and 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 again, and and I and I kept saying it over and over um, in the bar that um, if you can't score points, um, Einhorn is Finkel, and Finkel is Einhorn. Uh, if you can't score points, um, it's tough. I mean, it's just going to be really tough to win football games. You're going to be in games where they turn on one play, one or two plays, and they don't always go your way in the National Football League. I think Melvin is right that Norwood is a positive and had a decent game. Um, he's got to make that interception, though. He's got to make that interception. If that interception hits your hands, you know, you've got you've got to make that interception. Um, it would have been such a huge play. It would have been just a huge play. I love Trey Norwood. I absolutely love him. And I've talked about this in this program as well. I've never been as excited about a Steelers seventh-round draft pick as I was about Trey Norwood, simply because he was a perfect fit for what they do defensively. I'm sure they were ecstatic that he was there in the seventh round. Oh, man, you needed that play. <laughs> Tough play, you know, but it, kid's a gamer. Um, he played really well. I thought he did well today overall. got to make that play, though. Oh, they needed that. Needed it to I'm happen. Wondering, let me ask this question. Is, is this type of performance going to level set fan expectation? Or are our Steeler fans going to dig in, throw this one away, and say, "So what? Steelers are still number one in the division, and we're going to win a Super Bowl." What are fans going to say after this one? Uh, after this game, uh, yes, <laughs> pack, pack it up. Um, they're way worse than we thought they were. I mean, you're, you're talking. This is a doomsday scenario. I mean, that was that was an awful game. That was the worst game they've played all year, uh, without question, against a team. That hadn't won. Still hasn't won a game in the NFL this season. A, a, a rookie head coach who was kind of the the joke of all the rookie head coaches. Uh, I thought their draft was a joke. I thought their their preseason performance was an absolute joke. Um, I remember doing the show with you after that the the Lions game. Um, Lions almost came back and won that against the Steelers backups, but the Steelers starters just killed them. Um, they they pistol whipped them early in that game. And I, I said, I don't know if Detroit's going to win all year. They're really bad. It's not a good team. They did not play well today. I thought, give give credit to their offensive line, their running backs for executing what was really peanut butter and jelly stuff. They weren't doing anything complex. The Steelers linebackers and, and defensive backs weren't filling gaps. And when yes. Isaiah Bugs gets moved off the line, which happens pretty consistently, their run defense exists entirely on Cam Hayward, a guy that they were able to cut off more often than not today. There so, was a play, Neil, where you saw literally 
there were four Steeler players on each side of the center in the A gap. You had two guys on one A gap, on one side of the A gap to the left of the center, two guys on the right of the center in the other A gap. And guess what? They get creased and the run goes through the B gap. I was thinking to myself, man, these run fits are terrible. Like, I'm like, like. Yep, and they were. You're not taught for two people to occupy a, a gap. You're, like, you're not, it's too gappy when you're playing two gaps, but not two guys people, in a gap. I mean. People are making way too much out of the concept of two gapping. They're not two gapping just because the guy happens to run into a gap and he moves over and gets them. When you're two gapping, you're you're leveraging the offense to not run into your gap. That, that's yes. what that means. When a guy is going through the B gap and you're in the A gap, you have permission to go tackle him. It's not, you're yes. not two gapping because you moved over and tackled him. So yes. nobody in the Steelers is two gapping. Okay. Everybody has to fill a gap. That's what they're not doing right now. That's the problem. For whatever reason, it doesn't, it, in this game in particular, it really did not seem to me on first review, Devin Bush and Joe Schobert were, were where they should have been on many of those runs. Sometimes the other guy just blocks you out of the way and that happens, but Schobert and Bush sat flat-footed. Uh, Bush didn't get aggressive until the end of the game. He started moving up a little bit, and that's when he held on to the receiver negating an interception. Beyond that, though, he wasn't in the right spot, and they were doing exactly what you were just saying, Lance. They were loading up in one gap, and the guy just cut right around it. For They, they didn't seem to be on the same page as far as what their assignments were on uh, many of the plays, and that's usually what happens when you get crushed on the ground the way that they were it's not usually because the other team is is just overpowering you like it's like it's Alabama versus South Dakota State. They're lining up against other professionals. Their idea is if we stay in our gaps and we can stack the guy in front of us and stay there and physically block the guy from moving anywhere, we can make the tackle and not let him run 28 yards down the field. If he runs past all of that and he's a stud, okay, great. But those guys weren't stud running backs. I like what Swift does. There, some, I think there's some some ability there. But by and large, they were running to open air. Linebackers were gone. I have no idea where the safeties were. We have to look at the all 22 to really kind of figure out what they were doing. But from everything that I saw, I did not see Detroit doing anything offensively that would have required uh, much – schematic change outside of the players just weren't where they're supposed to be. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but that's absolutely something they're going to be talking about quite a bit this week. I'm sure. And I think um, not that you were trying to call the correct team, but I think it was Alabama destroying New Mexico state this weekend. I was, I was, (laughs) I was specifically talking about South Dakota state, which is North Dakota state's rival. I had no idea who Alabama played this weekend. It happened to be yes. New Mexico State. I'm sure the same thing happened, though. We can go with that if you're if you're comfortable with that. Yes, they they killed New Mexico State. It was 59 to three. Uh, not to get into too much of college football, but Neil, I think we're going to put a lid on this one. Not much more we can say. It, it, just a terrible game, and you know it it it's a lot of what we've talked about, um, and. You know, I'm I'm always going to just keep it 100 with you guys. And, and I think that's what me and Neil are going to do. We're not going to tell you, you know, we're not going to do the proverbial piss on your head and tell you it's rain. No, we're going to, you know, we're going to tell you what it is. I mean, this team is what it is. It, it is five, what, five, three and one. And, you know, it's a team that doesn't score points. Um, it's a team that's going to be in close games every week. 
and and hopefully Ben Roethlisberger is healthy and comes back because Mason Rudolph is not good. And uh, Dwayne Haskins is so good that they play Mason Rudolph. So, I mean, that's where we kind of are for the season. Let me jump into this last comment here from Steelers Wire. Big up Steelers Wire for hopping on. Before we go, can you guys give your percentage chance that Boz makes the game-winning field goal? Mine <laughs> Which is 100%. One? Which one? <laughs> Which one would it have been after Deontay or after Frymouth? Uh the Deontay think, one he would have hit. The Fryer, I doubt it. 58 in rain in, in, in Hines. No, I doubt it. Yeah, he doubt hits it. the Deontay. He he hits I call him. Deontay would have been low 40s. He would have hit if, if yeah. they didn't gain another yard after that. If they just set up the field goal, which they probably would have, they they he he hits that. I think somebody helped me out and look that up. I, I forgot exactly what the down distance was. He was at like the 28, though, I think, wasn't he? He was pretty far into Somewhere. the field. Yeah. And, and maybe, I want to apologize. Maybe it was a little bit longer. Maybe it was a little bit I want to apologize to Beyonce because I called Deontay Beyonce. And I don't want to <laughs> mistake Beyonce's greatness and mix it up with Deontay Johnson. So I'll be that honest with be... you, Lance. I really don't think anybody could confuse the two of them. Yes. that Because that would be a slight to Beyonce yes, if yes, she were would. a mistake for Deontay. Because, you know, Beyonce hits the high note. And executes flawlessly um, online. Uh, she she Beyonce makes the play of the game, and then oh my god, that was right when my daughter came downstairs too. She heard a lot of words. I don't want her repeating after that. Well, you know, that just you a are. gut punch, though. Oh my god, like are you kidding me? And of all people, it, it's it's Mark Gilbert, our buddy number seventeen, the defensive back from the preseason. Hey, good for him though. I, the Steelers were trying to get him. Um, they they wanted to sign him back, and the Lions got to him first. I think it was. This happened six seven weeks ago. I think he had a great this play. The- I mean, he got beat on on the initial snap, but he made a great play. He recovered, continued to fight and battle, and and came up with a huge play for his team. And frankly, that should have been enough for them to win the game. This is the comment of the year. Beyonce <laughs> wouldn't fumble <laughs> balls. <laughs> Certainly not in my dreams. I know that. Ariel 75, we have to end the show on that comment that Beyonce would not fumble balls. And we're going to get out of here. And as always, thank you guys for hopping on to the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. And Beyonce would not fumble balls. Hop on the Kenny Pickett bandwagon.